welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. I was praying for a while today, getting ready for tonight, and Man, the Lord just started opening my eyes to so much concerning the messages on Wednesday night and what the world's going through right now. Just so, so in tune. It's just such a blessing. We're going to keep talking about deliverance that comes to us through the process of simply growing up more. There's some things you can't get through prayer. You're just going to have to grow out of some things. Prayer will help you grow, but prayer won't make you grow. And there's just some things that we're going to have to be aware of because not everybody's going to get free and stay free through a prayer only. There are some things we will not get except through the process of developing and growing up spiritually. There's a lot of similarities between natural growth and spiritual growth. And the Bible talks a lot about spiritual growth and there's a lot of similarities. Uh, So we want to talk about victory in your life through the process of growing up more spiritually. A lot of times people will get free through a prayer, but they don't stay free. But when you grow stronger and you mature in God and you mature in faith and you mature spiritually, you are more likely to stay free versus just get free for three weeks. So growing up, and I'll say again, one of the best pieces of advice you will ever, you and I will ever hear in this life is grow up. Now your flesh doesn't want to hear that. Your mind doesn't want to hear that. But one of the best pieces of advice we'll ever hear in this life is grow up. I know I I shared this the last couple weeks and I'll keep sharing it because we want to get it into our blood, not just let it bounce off our eardrums. But um, the Lord shared with me one time Uh, He just said one time, he said, son, concerning this thing you keep stumbling into that you shouldn't be involved with. This was many years ago. Um, He says, son, you just need to grow up and stop it. I'm like, no, Lord, I just need you to deliver me. He says, I am. I'm giving you the words you need to hear. Just grow up and stop it. Quit acting like a baby. You're not a baby anymore. I said, Lord, that hurts. He goes, well, it helps if you listen. Not everything that helps feels good. Right. I mean, you can't always help people by making it easy on them. And so I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. I needed to grow up and stop it. Well, but Lord, you know my past. Yeah, I know your past. Now grow up and stop it. But Lord, uh, but, but, but over here, no, take responsibility. One of the first and greatest signs that you're growing up is you're not blaming people anymore. You're not blaming others and other things anymore. You're taking responsibility for yourself. Amen. Can I get amen on that one? So turn to Proverbs chapter 24, and we'll keep reading this scripture for a while. Proverbs 24. You know, if you're going to come to a Wednesday night in the pouring rain, you're probably a little more mature than some people. You don't care if it rains, you don't care if it's cold, especially if you're driving 30, 35, 40 miles from from other places. Um, You probably want a little more than the average Christian wants. And Wednesday night, we like to call it midweek meat. See, strong meat belongs to those of a full age. Strong meat belongs to people who are of full age. You you don't want to give strong meat to certain people because they'll choke. But let's face it, if you're here on a Wednesday night (laughs) and it's raining outside and you're here, especially on a regular basis, you're obviously maturing in some things and it's showing in your attendance. So in Proverbs 24 in verse 10, the Bible says, if you faint or give up or lose heart in the day of adversity, you know, when things get tough, it's okay, it'll be all right. No, your strength is small. What? I read that one time many, 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 many years ago. I thought, Lord, I don't know if I like that scripture. So I kept reading. (laughs) I didn't want to be told, uh, John, um, you know, one of the reasons you broke your commitment and flaked out on the job and and, and gave up, you just, you're, you're, you're immature. Your strength is small. Your strength. What's the problem if you faint in the day of adversity? What's the problem? 
Well, pastor, it's the storms of life that are coming against me. It's the devil. He's so mean. No, your strength is small. Why, why complain? Look, can I just say this? Why complain about it being so hard? Why don't you just grow stronger? I just wish it was easier. Wish you were smarter. <laughs> Come on. Well, I just, I just don't know. It just, it's, just, it's just so mind-boggling. Well, grow in knowledge. So it's not mind-boggling anymore. But I'm just so afraid. Well, grow in love because perfect love casts out fear. Growing up is a powerful, wonderful, permanent way to stay free from things you've been battling. Now, I know, I know you wish I, I would say, just come forward and I'll lay hands on you and everything will be OK. You will get free. You'll get blessed. You'll get delivered. But I can't promise you it'll last unless you do something. You'll find at times you can pray for people once or twice and see wonderful results on your faith. But after that, they won't work that way anymore. The Lord would require them to start using their faith, especially sometimes in family situations. So if you faint or give up or lose heart in the day of adversity, what does that show us? That our strength is small. What I like about this verse is it pinpoints a problem that if we'll fix this problem, life will be amazing. What's the problem? Small strength. What's the answer? Grow up, grow stronger. And we're going to talk about how to do that in these messages. This is our third week talking about deliverance or victory through the process of growing up. So why, don't wish it was easier. Wish you were stronger. Right? Work on your strength. Work, work on your, your development. Um, I want to show you another scripture real quick. Look, look at Mark 9, Mark chapter 9, New Testament. So some of the best advice we'll ever hear is, is grow up. <laughs> I didn't say some of the most fun advice we'll ever hear, but some of the best advice we'll ever hear is why don't you just grow up? You ever hear this phrase? Grow stronger than the problem that's bothering you. I have found nowhere in the Bible that there's a cap on how strong we can be in the Lord or how strong we can be in Christ. I've seen no cap like, well, you can only be this strong, you know. No, you can be as strong as you want in the Lord. There's no limit to spiritual strength. You can go, the sky's not even the limit. You ever hear that? Grow stronger than the problem. What's better? What's better? Oh, God, I pray there's no more storms. Or, God, Help me to be at peace in the midst of all storms. I, you know, since there's going to be storms, it'd be better to just grow stronger to where the storm doesn't bother you anymore or as much than to wish that there were no storms because there's going to be storms, especially on this side of the rapture. Okay? There's going to be storms. So really, I remember Brother Hagen was, was talking one time. A guy came up to him and said, uh, Brother Hagen, our spiritual father in the Lord, he said, he said Brother Hagen, um, I just, would you just pray for me? He said, what do you want me to pray? He said, would you please pray for me that I have no more problems with the devil? <laughs> and Kenneth Hagin said, so you want me to pray that you die? Because that is the only way. If you, if you don't, only way you're going to have no more problems with the devil is die and go to heaven. That's it. So he said, well, don't, I don't want to pray that I die. Why don't you just find out how to deal with him? Why don't you just find out how to resist the devil and he flee from you? Why don't you just find out how to live above his schemes and lies and wiles? Why don't you just find out how to resist him? Right? Lift up the shield of faith and quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So really, the guy was asking for an unrealistic request. No, it's not going to happen right now. You're going to have to deal with the devil. You're going to have to deal with temptation. You're going to have to deal with demons. You're going to have to deal with sickness. You're going to have to deal with disease. You might as well just learn how to resist it, rise above it, boldly rebuke it, and claim victory over it. Well, what's better? No storm or the storm don't bother me that much anymore. That's what we're talking about. So Mark chapter 9. I want to show you something here and I'm going to relate it to a little bit what we're talking about. I want to get into something else here pretty soon in this area. But look at Mark chapter 9 in verse 23. Jesus said unto him, the man who had a son who had epileptic fits, Jesus said to the man, Sir, if you can believe, 
all things are possible to him that believes. And it says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw the people running together, he rebuked the foul spirit out of this man's son and said unto him, you dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead insomuch many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. All right. So Jesus said to the man, the father of a child who's, who had epileptic fits. He didn't know what to do. He'd always fall in the fire, fall in the water. He started foaming at the mouth, all this stuff. And the man said, Lord, if you can do anything, help us. And the, and the Lord Jesus said, no, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And he said that in the context of getting your child healed of a disease. All right. So, according to this verse here, the epileptic fits wasn't the main problem. So you have to find out what the main problem is if you want to fix it. Right. What's the main problem? That something's so difficult or that you're so weak you can't handle it? Now, how many of you are glad when we are sincerely weak, the strength of the Lord is going to come on the scene. He's going to help his kids. Praise the Lord. But he does expect measurable progress in reasonable time. You know, when you should be growing, you are. And he's merciful and he's gracious. We've all missed it in these areas. But he does expect measurable progress in reasonable time. And only you and the Lord know what reasonable time is. But this scripture is so interesting because the real problem, see, most people think the problem was, oh, this guy had a demon problem. He had epilepsy. And all epilepsy is not demons. Some may be. But he's, oh, the, the big problem is the devil, the spirit, uh, the epilepsy. That's such a big problem. Jesus said, no, that's not the big problem. The big problem is if you don't choose to believe that this person, that your boy can be free. Because if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. If you can believe, your son can be healed. If you can believe, your son can be healed. Right? Believe what? Well, believe that Jesus is bigger. Believe that in his name you can see the same results. Believe that healing is provided for you and your children. If you believe, Jesus said, if you believe... If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Well, healing of disease is possible to everybody on this planet because anybody can believe God. So if there's a remedy for the sickness, but a person stays sick, what's the problem? Not taking the remedy. Which in this verse is believing, working on your faith, building your faith in the scriptures and trusting God and learning to trust God on a higher level. So sickness is not the main problem when there's a remedy. Now not taking the remedy would be the problem. So in a similar way, I mean, I am. Um, you just have to So you say, well, what's the problem? Well, Proverbs 24, 10 says small strength is a problem. Would you say this again with me? Small strength, Small strength. can be fixed. Can be fixed. <laughs> right? Instead of griping and complaining about how hard it is, just grow stronger. Griping and complaining never helped anybody. Actually, in the Old Testament, it caused many to be destroyed because it gave access to the sister, the sister, the sister, the and they were destroyed. Who was the complainers? No, no, it was the fornicators. They were destroyed too. Those that didn't repent. Those that tempted Christ. They were destroyed too. Right? Those that worshipped idols. They were destroyed. But complainers were also destroyed by the destroyer. Showing us that complaining is not good. For your health. Right? So, I don't, I don't want to sound too harsh tonight. But let's face it, church. We can all grow up. Wouldn't it be sad if you got to a place in your life there was nothing else to grow into? Wouldn't that be boring? No, no, no growing, no, 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 not able to grow beyond your love, not able to grow beyond your helping people, not able to grow beyond being a blessing. Wouldn't that be a drag? It was like, well, that's why a lot of people check out. They're done. They're done growing. All right. Um, let's move on to something else here. Turn with me to the book. Uh, let's see. Go to Ephesians 4. I 
wish I had more time, but I always have next week. You know, let's, let's just, let's talk. Let's have a little family talk here tonight. Um, what's the problem? Let, let's say somebody has a problem of continuously falling into pornography. Um, what's the problem? Is the problem the porn industry? That's the problem. They just need to go out of business. That, well, that's a problem, but is that the problem when it comes to people falling into pornography and becoming addicted? Is it the porn? Oh, if it's just no porn industry. Well, if it wasn't the porn industry, there'd be something else. Well, well, I know what it is. I know what the problem is. The problem is the internet. I mean, they shouldn't be so open with all this stuff. And there's little kids that tap into the internet. Oh, yeah, the internet's the problem, right? The internet. No, no. What, what's the problem? Is, is the problem lust? I guess you could blame it on that, but there's a greater problem than lust. Let's say somebody has a problem with pornography, okay? It, well, it's, it's, it's the porn industry. It's the internet. It's lust. No, 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 no. What it is is what happened in my past. Things happened in my past, and I just I have these cravings today, and I, I, just my past. Okay, okay, so we got all these other things, okay? Well, you, know, you can't change your past. You're probably not going to change the porn industry. You're probably not going to change the internet, right? You're, probably, you're not going to just stamp lust out everywhere because it's everywhere and you're going to have to deal with it every day. Um, but what if we found out that the problem was just grow up and stop it? Just grow up and stop it. Immature people do that. Do you want to stay immature all your life? See, I was thinking about motivation to get people set free. Well, I think one of the greatest motivations is if we can show people that what they're involved with is babyhood stuff, it's, it's immature stuff, maybe they'll be more uh, motivated to get out of it. Nobody wants to be called a baby all their life. Sure is quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, how, how about, how about, I know you got a past. I know they're doing things on the internet they shouldn't be doing. I know there's a lot of things going on that shouldn't be going on. But why don't you just grow up and stop it? You know, the answer in the Garden of Eden was not get the tree of the knowledge of good and evil out of the garden. It was there for a reason. To help man see where he's really at. You can eat at any tree in the garden, but this one tree, don't eat. Why even have the tree in the garden? Because man needs something to prove his love on. If there's never a chance to say, I hate you, then what does I love you mean? If there was never a chance to go another way, what would going the right way mean? It'd be robots, it'd be puppets. See, and don't get me wrong, this stuff is wrong. It shouldn't even be here. The porn industry, things the internet's allowing. That's wrong. That's terrible. But in our walk with God, and as we grow up, we can overcome all of it. We can overcome all of it. And so if you pinpoint the proper problem, you'll fix it from the roots. I know that's a very hard word. Grow up and stop it. That'll save your life. You know, a lot of people are saying things today simply because they feel like saying them. And those words are hurting themselves. They're hurting other people. They're spreading things that are not good. And they need to realize that that's very immature. You know, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking of some things here. Um, we need, to, we need to realize that a lot of the problems in our world today are because people have never developed properly spiritually. For some reason or another, they stayed in the babyhood stage. They're spiritual babies in adult bodies. And this will help you have a little more compassion on people when you realize that some people are just not developing properly and we, we don't look at somebody in the natural who hasn't developed properly and go, why don't they get their act together? You understand there's a problem in their life. You, you wouldn't dare cut somebody down who didn't develop properly mentally. You'd have compassion on them. You would understand. Well, there's a lot of people like that today. And if you'll realize that there's some development issues in their life, you'll have a little more compassion on them instead of just yelling back or whatever. Do y'all follow what I'm saying? 
you, you just you just got to understand some people don't know that they have spiritual development problems. They don't know it. And hopefully they go to a church service, hear things like this and grow out of it and get free and all that. But just because, let me, let me say this, aging is not maturing. Aging is not maturing. Growing old doesn't mean you're growing up. Can I get a witness? We don't mature by the reason of time. We mature by reason of suffering and things we endure in this area of developing character. Not sickness, not disease. We can resist that junk. Jesus bore that for us. But there is some suffering that will help you develop in character, like saying no to temptation when every fiber of your being wants to give in. That hurts, and that's when you grow up. If you want to grow up, you've got to hurt more than you've been hurting in these areas of resisting. If you want to grow in love, you have to go farther in being patient, farther than you've been going. You have to go across the line. You go, oh, that's as much as I can take. Well, if you want to grow, you better go another step or two. Right? No pain, no gain. The kind of suffering we're talking about, a lot of it in, in this area of growing spiritually and developing and not fainting in the day of diversity and not breaking commitments and not... A lot of growth, listen closely, happens... The, the less you, you choose to get your way, the more you start to develop spiritually. One of the greatest areas you'll hurt in is not getting what you want. Because you know God wants something else. Love saying you, you should go a different direction. Hmm? Not getting your way hurts. And the more you grow spiritually, the more it's not about getting your way anyway. It's about doing what the Lord wants you to do and making sure other people aren't hurt as you're on this planet. Even if you have to absorb a few things that you don't, you don't have to absorb just so that somebody else doesn't have to feel it. Another area of suffering that a lot of people don't like to suffer in, and that's why they never grow up and develop and never get promoted by God, is in the area of submission and authority. Doing what you're told to do. People God's put in our life. There are leaders and in, in, in saying certain things. Employer or whatever. I mean, it's not easy to, you know, the very word submit means you're not going to want to do it. <laughs> or why say submit? You just say agree with those that have the rule over you. No, he said submit yourselves to those that have the rule over you. Yeah. A lot of people think they're in submission. They're just in agreement. Then when they disagree with something, they ain't in submission no more. So resisting temptation, growing in love, not getting your own way, not my will, but your will be done. Uh, walking in love toward unlovely people. We need to accept the suffering in those areas and just endure it as a good soldier and grow in the process. Okay, so 1 Peter chapter 5 um, says this. You want to turn to 1 Peter 5? <laughs> You're not sure you want to stay for the rest of this, are you? 1 Peter chapter 5. We've been looking at this a few times during this series. In verse 10, 1 Peter 5, 10, it says, But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have prayed a while, he'll make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Yeah, after prayer, we'll get all this maturity. We'll just pray more. and get, Is that what it said? No, for those of you listening online that are not seeing the screen, that's not what it said. I misquoted scripture. It says, after you suffered a while, not after you prayed a while. I know we'd like to get everything through prayer, but there are some things you're going to have to grow up into. You know, success is not a mystery. Just grow into it. How do I be successful? How do I be successful? Become more valuable, right? And you'll be more successful. Not, not as a person, but in service. So here he said, after that you suffered a while, he makes you perfect. That word's mature or complete. He'll establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. Those are all grow up words. How does that happen? Where, where does growth come from? Where does maturity come from? After you what? Now do you know why there's a lot of baby Christians still in the church worldwide today? Well, they have not seen suffering through the proper eyes. All suffering is not bad. All hard times are not bad. 
A lot of these opportunities to you know, have uncomfortable meetings with people that severely disagree with you or have strife going on or, or you know, submitting to somebody that, that's above you that you don't want to submit because you don't like them or are resisting temptation or walking in love and being nice towards somebody who's not nice to you. All these things hurt. But if you'll not run away, deal with it like a mature person would deal with it, you'll not only see a resolution, you'll grow stronger. That's two blessings instead of one. Now, I'm going to jump over my notes. I'm going to go to something before we're done. Go to Hebrews 5. Hebrews chapter 5. And um, on your way there, turn to Proverbs 20. <laughs> turn to Proverbs 29, and then we'll go to Hebrews 5. So turn to Proverbs 29. Keep your finger in Hebrews 5. <laughs> you got to see this. This will only take a second. Proverbs 29. And um, let's look at verse 11. Proverbs 29, 11. A fool utters all his mind, but a wise man keeps it till afterwards. Do you have the New King James Version on that one? If you do, let's go ahead and put up the New King James just on that one verse there in Proverbs 29, verse 11. Do you see this here, guys? A fool utters all his mind. In other words, I'm going to tell you what's on my mind. I'm just going to be real. Look at this. What does it say? A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Now, now listen to this. Now, because see, a lot of people, I don't know if it's as big as it was a few years ago, but there used to be a really big wave. Uh, just, just be real. Just, just be real. And we believe in being real. Be real, be free. I've taught a whole message on it. But a lot of times this be real, be real is just an excuse to do what you feel like doing. Say what you feel like saying. And so this scripture says here, put it back on the screen, it says a fool vents all his feelings. Well, I just believe in being real and saying what's on my mind. And we have a saying in the church here. We know, yeah, you're real, real foolish. If you're saying everything you feel like saying and you're just venting because you think, well, I'm going to be real and tell you like I is. I'm just going to tell you how I feel. I'm just going to be real. Well, according to this scripture in that situation, you're real foolish to do that. You don't just say everything you feel like saying. The Bible says if you want to love life, you know, not just roll out of bed and, you know, hope the day's not too long. If you want to love life and if you want to see good days, you're going to have to refrain your tongue from evil and your lips that they speak no guile. Is that going to feel good? That's going to hurt. But you can hurt now and have a great life in a future or you can feel good now by telling everybody your mind and have a terrible future. I'd rather have love life and see good days than an immediate gratification of saying something I felt like saying. See, loving life and seeing good days comes from refraining your tongue from evil and your lips that they speak no guile. That's the Bible. Days in jail are not good days. Days in the hospital are not good days. Now, thank God for hospitals. Thank God when we're in trouble, we can go. But how would you like to just avoid it? Well, the Bible says it has a lot to do with controlling what you feel like saying at times, especially under pressure. Watch your mouth. You may have to go like this at times. Just cover your mouth when you feel pressure building. You know what I mean? It'd be worth it. It may look stupid, but you'll save your life. So, like I said, jump ahead now to Hebrews 5. And I want to I want to wrap it up here because I don't want to go too long tonight. Hebrews chapter five. And I want to show you something that the Lord's been talking to me about that I think will really help us. All that we've heard already is really good. Hebrews five. And let's go ahead and look at verse 13 and 14. Let's back up to verse 12 through 14. So Paul, by the Spirit of God, is telling all believers, For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. He's talking about growing up here. 
that you need one teach you again, which be the first principles of the teachings of Christ, or the oracles of God. And you are become as such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk, he's talking about the scriptures and teachings here. Everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Let me stop right here. There's nothing wrong with milk. Are you following me? There's nothing wrong with milk. But hopefully there comes a time in our spiritual life where we can handle more than milk. Some meat scriptures, you know, maybe like, uh, what, what about the unpardonable sin? Uh, what about the sin unto death? What about judgment? What, you know, there comes a time you, you, you're going to have to hear some of those. You know, the Bible talks about, behold, the goodness of God and the severity of God. Well, you might want to go to the severity after, until you grow up a little bit. Stay on the milk for a while. Stay on the milk. But there's coming a time you're going to have to check out the severity of God, too. The Father God at times you know, allows things to happen because he's a good father. He's not going to just, you know, say, oh, you can live however you want. Everything's going to be great. No, there's demons and devils out there that would like to get you when you live those ways. And so he's not going to, he's not going to just tell you lies just to make you feel like, you know, oh, life is just, you know, there's no problems in life. And, and, you know, everything's just feels so wonderful. <laughs> On the contrary, no pain, no gain. So, he says, if you use milk, you're unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. See that? But verse 14, but strong meat belongs to those who are mature, even to those who by reason of use or exercise have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Let's break this down a little before we close tonight. The more you and I grow up spiritually, the more we feed on the word, the more we develop in our walk with God, develop in faith, develop in love, develop in grace. The more we develop in the fruits of the spirit, the more we grow up, the more keen we are going to be to what's really good and what ain't good. The more we grow in the Lord, the less excuses we try to make for why we still are involved with some things we know we shouldn't be involved with. You know, one of the reasons a lot of believers are still involved with lifestyles and things they shouldn't be involved with? Because they don't see it as evil. They see it as a problem. They see it as, oh, everybody, you know, does things like this. Oh, you know, and, and a lot of immature believers constantly point to God's grace as to why they're not going to get their act together. Why should I? God's gracious. And not realizing that's a very immature mindset. It doesn't do away with the fact that grace is one of the most amazing things the Lord's ever given to us. But we can't point to grace as an excuse for not growing up. All right? So this scripture, and if you put it back on the screen, please, the 14th verse, this scripture is telling us that when we grow up spiritually, we're going to be more aware of what's pleasing to God and what's displeasing to God. What's a, what God likes and what's an abomination to Him. What's good and what's evil. The more you grow spiritually, the more evil bothers you. I said the more you grow up spiritually, the more evil bothers you. Evil doesn't bother some people because they're like little children. They, they don't know how wrong it is to run in the street without mom and dad's hand. They, they don't understand that the flame is hot. They, they don't understand that if I do this, then I may fall and bonk my head. They don't see that. They, they don't understand lying is really bad. They don't understand that disobeying is that bad. They don't understand that, you know, having a, a funky attitude is, is they, they, don't, they don't see that as that bad. Why? They're babies. They're toddlers. They don't understand that. And spiritually speaking, you can see it. And we don't want to be judging anybody, but you, you're going to see things in this life. You know, just because you see something doesn't mean you're judging them. You know if you're judging them by the thoughts and the words. But if you want, if you want to discern where you're at, see where you're at in this good and evil thing. Now, if the Bible says something's evil, what should we say? It's evil. Right? Now, if we're going to... Let me tell you something. If you want the world to hate you, which I know you don't, but if you did, I'll tell you how you can get the world to hate you immediately. You ready? 
quote Jesus a lot. <laughs> Say what he says a lot and the world will hate you. Uh, so keep this in mind here. Strong meat, talking about scriptures and teachings, belong to those that are of full age, right? Those that are mature, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. This must be an ongoing process. You, you don't just know good and evil. There's depths of this you need to know. There, there is depths of good and evil that you and I can develop knowing into to where we will just vehemently stay against what we know is evil and totally gravitate toward what is good. Huge, huge sign of growing up is when you're more keen on what's evil and what's good. Now, go to John 7. We went to this last week and I wanted to share this and then we'll, I'll read you a little list here of some things that we need to <laughs> discern that are good and evil. But in John 7, in verse 7, I wanted to read this again. We hit on this near the end last Wednesday, and I just basically quoted it to you. So look at John chapter 7, verse 7. Jesus is speaking here. here. He said, the world cannot hate you guys, but me it hates. And he said, the reason the world hates me is because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. Now, can you say that's evil what you're involved with, but love that person at the same time? Obviously, Jesus loved people more than anybody in the universe. And at the same time, he said, some of the things you're doing are not okay. They are flat out not okay. And if you want to be unpopular, <laughs> stand up for what's good and share scriptures on what God says is evil. And you will not be liked by the world and a lot of Christians who are indoctrinated into the world and too close to the world. It's interesting, you know, I, the more I study this, the more I realize everybody knows good and evil, but not everybody sees it clearly. They, they, they kind of have this Oh, that's good. Oh, that's evil. But that's not that bad, even though it's evil. But the more you grow up, you realize, oh, that's not only evil. That is something I need to stay 100 miles away from. Because I love God too much. Not too much, but so much. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, let me just show you something here that... Um, I'm going to show you two things and we'll close. 2 Corinthians 2... Here's an interesting uh, thing right here. What, what are some of the things that we know are evil, but maybe, you know, maybe they're not that bad. Second <laughs> Corinthians 2, verse 10 and 11. Paul said, to whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything to whom I forgive it, for your sakes forgive I it in the person of Christ. So Paul's talking about forgiveness. He says, the reason I'm going to walk in forgiveness and not hold grudges so that Satan doesn't get an advantage of us for we're not ignorant of his devices. Yeah. Right, here's one thing out of many things right here that a lot of people know is wrong, but hey, you know, unforgiveness is wrong and I'll try to forgive people. You know, I'll, I'll try to forgive people. Oh, so you're going to try to not let Satan have advantage over you. <laughs> you're going to try to not open the door to Satan. See, a lot of people think, but when you see a scripture like that, Please put it back on the screen. When you see a scripture where it says, lest Satan should get advantage of us, he's talking about, if I hold unforgiveness in my heart, I'm opening the door to Satan himself to mess with me or his demon forces or his delegates or whatever. And he says here, this is just one thing. He says here, unforgiveness is not just a bad idea. It's satanic. Now, as you grow and develop in the Lord, you take this serious. You, you take unforgiveness very serious as you grow in the Lord. If you're immature, it's just like, eh, I'll try. No big deal. Next one, Pastor. How many think this is a big deal? Yeah. It's a big deal. Well, Pastor, I just, I just don't feel like I can forgive. I just don't feel like I can forgive. Well, you're trying to forgive with your feelings. You forgive by choice. You may feel like punching somebody, but totally treating them like they're forgiven at the same time. And now you're walking in love and you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. You're, you're forgiving. This is one thing. So this is an area that I see a lot of people are stuck in this area. They, 
and they need to grow and they need to develop and they need to realize, you know what? This is evil. I'm done holding grudges. God said to forgive them. I'm going to forgive them. They owe me nothing. They owe me no forgiveness card. They owe me no letter. They owe me no apologies. If they do it, fine in the future. But as far as I'm concerned, their debts are wiped out. They owe me nothing. I will treat them like they've never hurt me. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to go out with them every week or spend time fellowshipping with them or anything like that. But as far as your attitude and how you talk about them around other people, it's over. As far as you're concerned, they're living next to you in heaven. (laughs) Oh, God, please no. Yeah, well. Um, Turn to one more, okay? Turn to one more scripture here now in Romans chapter 1. What's popular is not necessarily right. What's popular? And so if we're going to discern good and evil, uh, we're going to have to grow up and realize that there may be some things that we thought were bad that are actually wicked. Thank you very much for those amens. You know, this, this part here that I'm, I'm going to read now, it actually, we could spend a lot of time on this, but, um, and this is just another example. I mean, oh, the list, I mean, I, I, sometimes I, I, I say, Lord, I'm, I'm nobody special. You, you're, you've just given us some teachings. I pray that you would open people's hearts, open their understanding, give them what you've given us and help them to see. It is so interesting today to see what some people are okay with. Vote for. Spit on anybody who doesn't agree with them. It's so weird today. It's like, and the Lord says, son, they have major development problems. Watch out about crucifying them while they're crucifying you. Realize there are some people that are in big trouble spiritually because something has kept them from developing properly. And it's almost like, oh, you have compassion on them. I mean, some of the things that people are standing up for today and, and getting fighting mad that you don't accept what they accept and believe what they believe. It's like, I mean, it's like Carl and I were talking the other day. It's like, I just don't know if I'm going to be surprised about anything in these last days anymore. People are already wanting to kill babies. They're already saying little boys and girls can choose what gender they want to be, allowing demon activity in little children's lives to mess with their brains and their future. I mean, there's some crazy... I I wouldn't be surprised if half the conspiracy theories I hear are true. They're already killing babies. Abortion. They're already twisting... They're already letting boys go in girls' bathrooms and little girls are freaking out and say, Mommy, there's a boy in here. Well, we can't help it. You know, they're a transgender... To, to, to think that there's anything right about that is, oh, they have development problems. Major, major spiritual development problems. Not even be able to discern that that's evil. How I many know the easy route is not the best route? It may be easier for you as a parent. Well, I just don't want to have to spank my kids and I just don't want to have to correct them. I'm just going to let them do whatever they want to do. Yeah, and you hate them. Pastor, that's strong. Talk to God about it. He said, he that spares the rod hates his child. I know a lot of people say, he that spares the rod spoils his child. That is not Bible. That is weak. The Bible says, he that spares the rod hates his child. What that simply means is that you care enough about your children to realize that I am going to be a guardian and a good steward of this child to their 18 years old and they decide to leave home. And so I'm actually giving 18 years of my life to make sure they grow up in the ways of the Lord. I'm going to have to stop TV programs at times. I'm going to have to cancel plans at times. We're going to stay home at times because I love this child and they are not going to veer off into some stupid feeling that a demon inspires them to go into. They will break that and they will go the right way because I'm going to oversee them with love. It takes maturity to be a parent. Don't have a kid unless you're mature. That's ridiculous. Wait Wait till you're mature enough to say 18 years of my life is for this child. I will sit down. I will discipline them out of love. I will never do anything out of anger. I will tell them I'm sorry if I mess. I just, you just make, you got to make a commitment, man, before you have kids. It's not a light thing. Those kids are precious. The Bible says, the Bible says, 
Some of the strongest things Jesus said were about offending little children. He says, whoever offends one of these little children, it would be better for that person who offended this little child to be, have a millstone hung around his neck and cast into the depth of the sea. It'd be better for that than to offend one of these little ones. And if people have offended little ones, you need to run to Jesus immediately and he will clean you and he will heal you and he will deliver you and you'll be all right. And, you know, if, if, if people of watching are here in the, in the room, if you've had an abortion, friend, we are not condemning anyone for what has happened. Right. Not saying we condone, but we're not condemning either. But it's a new day today. Right. It's a new day. We can go forward. We can move on. Right. Paul said, I blasphemed, but I did it ignorant and unbelief. And God had mercy on me. And now I'm the apostle Paul. So things can be forgiven. But at the same time, we, we can't. We can't say it's right just because it's popular or just because everybody else says it's right. We are actually the minority in the earth. Not, not, the, not all born-again Christians, but what we believe. We're a little, we're a little uh, focused on the Word of God here in this church. And we're glad to be because life is so much better when we just agree with God. Um, so in closing... For the fifth time. Don't laugh. <laughs> Just somebody asked us recently, they said, is, is, is homosexuality a sin? And that's a good question. You know, I mean, especially if you're entangled in it, especially if you know people that are and you have loved ones that are. Is it a sin? And, um, you know, people aren't going to like certain answers that they hear, but the truth will make you free. And people that are struggling with identity are not free. They're confused, and God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And I was thinking about that, what that person said, and I was thinking, man, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sin, <laughs> But so is fornication and so is lying, which people do all the time. And so is doubt when you know better to believe. And, and so is complaining. And so is, you know, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of sins that we, our flesh would like to give into. But we can grow. We can develop. We can trust God. We can believe for his help. And so I was reading these verses here. And I just notice here real quick. Uh, just look at verse 21. It says, when they knew not God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God unto the image like unto corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness. Say uncleanness. So what he's about ready to mention here is unclean. Through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor, everybody say dishonor, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to vile, say vile, vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, say against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, receiving in themselves the recompense of their heir, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without, without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Well, as you grow in the Lord, you realize that's wrong. Yeah. And we know people that have been involved in lifestyles like this. We, we know a, a, a person very deep in a lifestyle like this, totally free today. Serving God has a great ministry. Got delivered, got set free. Yeah. 
But this person would have never have gotten set free if they would have never re realized this is something that's very evil. Yeah. And we can't be going, oh, look at the homosexuals. They're so evil. Liars are just as evil. Liars need to turn from lying like homosexuals need to turn from homosexuality. Yeah. Right? I mean, why, why do we have to repent of all these sins but except that one? Sin is sin. And the reason God puts us in the scriptures is because it hurts. It destroys. It messes with minds. It messes with conscience. It hurts bodies, diseases, all kinds of things. The Lord loves us. Are you kidding me? If he says something's wrong, it's because he loves you and doesn't want you snuffed out early. Or have a messed up life while you are here. And so as you grow and develop in the Lord and start, and I, you know, I have to say churches need to make sure they're more about growing up the sheep than just impressing the sheep. Because people need to grow up today. They need to discern between good and evil. What's right, what's wrong, and be serious about it. And I told you last week, I said, if somebody ever asked you, you know, a question like that, like, you know, what do you believe? Do you, do you believe homosexuals will go to heaven? I say, well, it's not about what I believe. Never make it about you. Make it about the word. Just say, well, I can tell you what the Bible says, but... Because if you say, well, I believe you, I believe this and I believe that, then they'll fight you because there'll be a big war going. But if you say, listen, listen, it's not about what I believe. What I believe is not going to help you. What it's about is what did the book say? Always make it between the book and their question, not between you and their question. Because if it's about you, get ready for a fight. Say, listen, it doesn't matter what I believe. You, you want to know what the Bible says about homosexuality? You want to know what the Bible says about inordinate affection? Do you want to know what the Bible says about fornication? Do you want to know what the Bible says about abortion? Do you want to know what the Bible says? That's why you got to know scripture. So you can say, listen, listen, th this is what the Bible says. Um, do with it what you want. Leave it, leave it to them in their conscience. Quit trying to be the Holy Ghost in their life. And then and they say, well, do you believe that's true? I say, well, I believe all the Bible's true. I believe mercy is true. I believe forgiveness is true. I believe anybody can have a new beginning. I believe you can come out of the depths and darkness of hell itself and be an on fire child of God. You can be a blasphemer in your past, be saved and be an apostle in your future. I mean, yeah, I believe the whole Bible. Well, preacher, what do you think? What do you, what, what do you believe about this transgenderism? Is it a sin? What does it matter what I believe? I'm not God. Why should you care what I believe? Let me tell you what the Bible says. God made them male and female. And if you can't tell which is a male and which is a female, you might need deliverance. I think it's pretty clear who's a male and who's a female. Not everybody's going to like you when you talk like that. Jesus says you might be hated. But you don't have to hate back. You can understand not everybody's developing properly. And until they do, let's have some mercy on them. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 